for us to be able to open, we definitely had to wait for the, the biggest part of the storm to be over, if you like. I said the flowers over. It's time. I don't know how happy you are. I think we can maybe do something a lot more interesting with our lives here. People who work in the hospitality industry don't just want to work anywhere. They want to make sure that it's a nice environment, that they've got the appropriate pay, that they looked after. Spitalfields was always a location that I would have loved, but never thought, never deemed possible. We were looking at a site nearby, cycle by, and you know, I remember saying to Flo when I was like, took a video of my side, I was like, this is designed to be a salad bar. It literally is like our shape, exactly, all yeah. glass. We tried every salad in London. We tried lots of salads all over the world. One thing that we really thought is that we wanted a menu that had hot ingredients and hot components. Although we divide some of the work to an extent, we both look at everything because there's always a bit of like, no, no, mate, you're going off on one here. We don't need that. We need this, etc. Yeah. And, and you know, that works. That works very nicely. Our eating habits are changing. We're demanding better dining experiences and the food market has never been so competitive. Starting and succeeding with a food business is challenging, but some determined and passionate entrepreneurs are flourishing. These people have big dreams, big passion and big drive. They are disruptors, change makers and innovators. They see a positive future. Many say that food business is too risky. Some say that it has huge rewards. Are you up for the challenge? In this episode, I sat down with Florian and James from a new concept in London called the Salad Project. So these guys launched actually during COVID. They found their site a day before lockdown started. And in this episode, it's more focused on the startup journey. So in terms of developing the concept, finding a site and launching. And there's lots of insights uh, to be gained from this episode, uh, really in terms of persistence and getting through the challenges of those early stages. And these guys, they had to close the restaurant after only a month of trading uh, due to some issues with their ventilation in the site. So it's really a story of persistence and ingenuity and just getting through those stages and just keep going. And now they're actually coming out the other side. Uh, it's looking quite positive for them. There's also lots of learnings and I think it kind of feeds throughout the episode. It's the attention to detail in everything they've created. So from the, the brand, the logo, the site itself and the experience of people uh, walking through it and just general flow of, of the consumer uh, through to the food and the sourcing of ingredients, sustainability and the offering itself, how to attract as many people as possible. So really great guys, uh, very fun to be around as well. And I think they've created something really fantastic that is set up for success. So sit back, enjoy the salad project. So I think this is the first interview we've had with someone who's launched during COVID. So fair play and kudos to you in the first place. Thank you. Uh, how has that experience been? I'm sure it's been quite crazy. So how's it been kind of launching during COVID and how's it been since? Um, I mean, it's, it's not been easy and it's been long. I think there are probably two parts to this answer. Um, we, we had to wait for COVID to, to happen really. So yes, we launched during COVID because it, the pandemic is, hasn't quite finished now and, and when we opened back in May 
it definitely hadn't finished but you know for us to be able to open we definitely had to wait for the the biggest part of the storm to be over if you like mm. um and you know from a personal level that was that was tricky and that, that was really long um mm. you know when you quit your job to to, to start a, a passion project of yours and you take a great amount of risk in itself just by the nature of the of the project and then you get hit with that kind of thing it's it's pretty tough um so had you planned to launch like pre-covid and you were delayed so we, we quit our jobs at pretty bad times in terms yeah. of you know how to spend the next year and a half um we you quit in november yeah. 2019 and i quit in okay. july 2019 okay so just pre-covid jobs. yeah yeah but in in terms of i think in terms of like actual covid since we've been opened i mean we've been very lucky to we haven't had any kind of outbreak which has been really you know because i mean yeah it would, you'd have to close which yeah we've been lucky enough to avoid um and i i think you know the biggest impact obviously is just we feel we feel very good when we feel the offices workers are there which is tuesday wednesday thursday sure. um, but outside of that you, you do feel it a lot mm. um but i mean i think when we were planning on opening and you know, we always joke about how there's a little kind of north star above our head because you know we were, at some point we were thinking okay well you know back in 2020 we were like okay well let's open in august you know it's all done you know oh, i remember the real estate agent being like you know we were like can we have a covid clause and he was like there's not gonna be another lockdown like you know we passed that <laughs> yeah and obviously you know you were the first battle of you know many um so okay yeah. and how did you find like even getting contractors and staff during that time because it was so kind of wild and up and down i mean i think the pro- it, it was tough and and i think the process of finding a unit getting it fitted out ready to open <clears throat> took way longer than it normally would in normal okay. times just because the world was going at you know snail slow speed mm. um so you know that was just took ages and then in terms of staffing um i mean it's tricky you've mm. he- you obviously you've heard about the staffing crisis and mm. and but i think we've been very lucky ourselves because i think it's two things one we we because james and i are so involved operationally because we're there every single day mm. and, and we're partaking in everything that needs to be done <clears throat> from an operational perspective to get the business running it means that we're able to train staff and okay. so we're able to take on staff that are maybe younger and less experienced mm. um and I, I suspect a you know a big chain of restaurants have more difficulties because they don't have two founders there sure. who, who are ready to do anything to get the business moving right sure. so that's allowed us to have you know students who who were working part-time who have zero experience okay. and we train them up okay um yeah and i, I think it's in terms of kind of to the point contractor wise mm. we our naivety of how long it would take mm. meant that it was all lined up on who's going to do what for ages yeah. and thankfully they just all kind of you know bit their tongue while we kept pushing them back yeah so it was okay with that side uh, you know we had a very project manager who held our hand and everything sure and then yeah in terms of staffing um I mean, we got lucky that when we opened it was beginning of beginning of school holidays in summer so you know we piled on quite a lot of university summer holiday bodies sure and they now kind of instead of doing five days over summer they now do two or three days a week okay. um and yeah i mean we have a lot of I mean, kind of personal connections who've reached out being like 
I'm in between this and that. Can I do a month, two months? Okay. Um, which I think you obviously you don't get at a kind of big chain because you just you know you don't have that. You're not going to ask a chain that. Yeah. Um, so you know we do have lots of people coming in for two months and stuff, but okay. every time so far when that's happened, yeah. they've ended up staying a lot longer. Okay. Which is good. Very good. Very good. I think hopefully you'll reap the rewards now because I'm sure a lot of new concepts will start kind of coming out of COVID. But you've established yourself obviously during it. So now mm. hopefully you can kind of hit the ground running and then kind of kick on from that point. Yeah, so sure. almost ahead of the curve a little bit potentially. Uh, yeah, perhaps. I mean, I th- I think that I think that what the staffing crisis has shown and demonstrated is that people are picky, mm. increasingly picky. People who work in the hospitality industry don't just want to work anywhere. They want to make sure that it's a nice environment. That they've got the appropriate pay. That they looked after well enough, etc. And I think. I think that at the Tanner Project, we've with James, we've managed to create a very friendly atmosphere for our staff, and I think I think that 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 transpires, and I think that that gets out somehow. Sure. Uh, and I, th- I I've noticed, like you know, I think maybe through our social media or through the way we interact or through the kind of like tone of voice that we use and things like that. I think people have realised that okay, you know, working at the Tanner Project is quite fun, and you know, mm. and you've got two young guys who are around and who make it a nice, pleasant atmosphere, and. Mm. And I, yes, I think as you say that hopefully that will benefit us moving sure, forward. Sure, very good. And when you launched, did you start doing deliveries or meal kits or something like that straight away, or did you just focus on walk-in trade? Um, we almost did okay. um, a dark kitchen for like three months beforehand. But okay. again, I'm very glad that we didn't okay. because you know we thought we were going to do it for a month when the store, before the store would open. But yep. basically, if we did it then, it would have been four and a half months of doing it, <laughs> which might have been a bit intense um, in like a shared kitchen. Yeah. With just me and him um, and no actual chef. Um, and it probably wouldn't have been the best start from a brand. No. Um, but yeah, so no, we kind of, we did a small, you know, two or three days before opening with the team where we just did delivery and stuff. But no, we never did meal kits or anything like that. Okay. Okay, very good. Yeah, right. So let's then go back to your early career. Yeah. I know you both um, have studied hospitality and worked in hospitality, kind of in the general sector. How did that passion come about? Like, was it there from a very early age or was it something you fell into or just kind of grew as you, as you um, kind of developed? And for me, I think that, I think that there was there's always there was always a desire from a very young age to do something maybe a little bit different. Mm-hmm. Um, being French um, and having lots of family in Europe, um, you know the the university that James and I met at and went to has a has a, a relatively relatively good reputation um, in Europe, and and you know I think people know it. And somehow, age twelve thirteen, I'd heard about that uni, and I think I you know I kind of. Was was clued in already into what it meant, what you did, what kind of doors it might open for you, etc. And so, very weirdly, from a very young age, I was like, I want to go to that uni, okay. uh, which is quite strange, really, because uh, you know it's not often you meet a twelve-year-old who knows which uni they want to go to. But yeah. um, I think I think it is because it has a you know hospitality in general. This uni specifically has a very international side aspect to it, mm. and you know having a an Italian father, a French mother, having you know, being brought up in England. I arrived here at the age of eleven and stuff. So I was very used to being very independent very quickly and very international quite quickly. And I think the international aspect of hospitality must have attracted me, and kind of that's what brought me there. And okay. yeah, I mean, as as a in life, I'm more you know, I personally enjoy showing people a good time and 
in hospitality, you get to do that you know, sure. on a daily basis. So that's okay. kind of what brought me there. Okay, makes sense. It doesn't have quite a good reputation in England. So <laughs> I, I, I had, I had, I had, no reputation. It doesn't have a bad reputation. There's no, no yeah, reputation. No one's ever heard of it. Yeah. Um, for me, it was kind of a, it was a combination of like coming out of school, being like, you know, I haven't exactly nailed my A levels where you know it's clear what I can do in yeah. some other field, but it's. You know, so it was kind of like, what else might interest me? And uh, my dad had spent some time in Switzerland working and had a few friends who had children had gone to his school. Okay. And so, you know, it got floated about as an idea. Um, and then so I was like, okay, well, I'll go do a three-month internship at a nice restaurant nearby and see if I enjoy it. Yeah. Um, and just really did. And, you know, and in hindsight, it makes a lot of sense for me when I think about it for myself. You know, I always enjoyed, um, you know, doing kind of like dinners for my parents, even though I'm not a chef, like, you know, just kind of be creating experiences for people. Sure. Um, I really enjoyed, and I always kind of asked, you know, really annoying questions about why do hotels work such as this when I was like seven or eight. And so, yeah, I mean, it's not a very common route for English people to head out there. Yeah. Um, but I'm very glad that I did. Okay. Well, it sounds like both of you kind of get the fulfillment of kind of serving people or Definitely. making people happy, really. 100%. Which is like the core of hospitality. Obviously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, absolutely. I mean, that's, I think that's, that's how and the only reason why the Talent Project was able to sure. come to life is because, yeah, we, I guess we share the same kind of core beliefs. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, we enjoy it. I mean, from a you know, sure. As someone might like enjoy an, an Excel document, you yeah, know, and get a kick out of, yeah. you know, getting a balance sheet to balance. Yeah, <laughs> James and I will, you know, will enjoy, you know, creating great customer experiences. Sure, it. makes sense. Well, it's quite nice. It's, it's pretty organic in terms of. Um, I'm very confident in what when Flo's dealing with a situation that it would be exactly what I'm gonna what I would have done mm. and I'd like to think it's the same way. Yeah, yeah. And but, and you know, so I think it's something we feed off of each other. And okay. You notice that with other members of staff who like just join it and they're just not quite in that same mindset yeah. straight mm. from the beginning. So. Sure. Well I guess that helps that you're about educated in the same place for such a relatively long period of time. Yeah. No, your of foundation course. is almost quite similar. I mean so. completely, I mean yeah. my only you know, I'm twenty seven now, I you know started working you know, summer jobs, internships, whatever, age probably 18, so yeah. 10 years of professional experience. I've never worked anywhere else than a hospitality okay. you know, establishment in different forms, right? hotels, restaurants, sure. hotel chains, and groups, you know, corporate level, etc. But so, plus five years of studying at hospitality with James. So yeah. I mean, yes, I mean, there's, I think there's a DNA there that, exactly. that's yeah. very much, yeah, I think we, we understand each other and we have exactly the same experiences. So sure, makes that's, sense. That's a great strength for, for us as a, as a team. Sure, sure. I'm interested to know, you mentioned the corporate level roles there. I know James worked in Expedia for a couple of years. You were in LVMH. How did that benefit you kind of looking back now, kind of taking it into this? I know it's kind of hospitality and food focused, but I know you're ambitious. You're looking to grow a structure. Uh, do you think that's benefited you at this stage or do you think it's kind of more for the future? And the chance that anyone at Expedia sees this, like, well, be careful. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Expedia, I mean, they had a very, uh, it was an incredibly fun like work culture. Mm. Um, so I would, I'd take that away from it in terms yeah. of, you know, I mean, people stayed there a lot, a lot longer than they maybe would based on the work, based on the kind of environment okay. of the place. And I think I've taken that into 
into our team here, I yep. guess, in terms of, you know, occasionally I'll, you know, cut some slack in order for, you know, cause I mean, having those kind of moments on a nine hour shift where you all sit down and you kind of, you know, laugh about a specific, some, something that's happened to one of the team members and it's all fun and games, I think, you know, makes the next two hours of cleaning a lot better. Yeah, so that's, yeah, that's true. Okay. Um, I think for my part, in when I worked for LVMH, it was their hotel management side. So obviously LVMH owned lots of luxury brands and the only brand they've ever created themselves was their hotels because um, all the others are acquisitions, right? So I think what I, what I would take away, what I've taken away from there is just uh, an insane level of like, I mean, they have an insane level of attention to detail mm. and like they push, I mean, they're the definition of luxury, mm. right? So there's, they have the most luxurious brands on earth. Mm. So there's no one who understands it better than they do, mm. right? And so what that means is it that, you know, that that is shown in everything that they do, you know, the attention to detail, the rigor, the, um, and, you know, although we're a salad bar, we're not a five-star hotel. What James and I have always said is we want to try as much as we can on, on you know, have a great attention to detail mm. in the context of a salad bar, right, mm. of a, of a, of a day-to-day eatery. Mm. Um, and so I, I guess what it, what it taught me is just kind of be very diligent and, and, and you know, realize that every single detail matters, mm. whether that's, you know, from the food that we offer, that from the uh, experience that we try and, and create, from the design of the store, from uh, the level of service, the interactions with our customers, the, the mm. cleanliness, etc. So, mm. yeah, I, I guess that, that's helped me in that, in that sense, okay. yeah. Which all feeds into the brand, obviously, as well, creating the strength and depth in that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, we, we've always tried to, to, we always kind of joke to say that, you know, there's no reason why five-star experiences should be reserved to luxury hotels as well sure. you know you can apply it in a different way in your own way in a in a day-to-day establishment like the salad yeah. project and the entire focus that James and I bring and I think that's mainly due to all of our kind of ex- combined experiences we try and create as as nice a customer experience as possible from the moment you enter to when to when you leave okay makes sense yeah. so then what inspired you to took in the corporate jobs and start the salad project like how did you kind of come together or how did that vision develop um, I think it was, I mean, I, I guess I ran out of patience first, okay. um, <laughs> put it one way. You had a head start there. Yeah, yeah. So it's just something you were talking about, like even in university or college, that you would start something together? Yeah, or? James and I have thrown a, uh, some stinkers okay. of ideas a lot. Um, yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah, there's some, some swings and some misses, yeah. um, but it was kind of like, you know, I, I think I first had a moment realization where I was just like, yeah, I, I'm really not happy doing what I'm doing. Um, you know, I feel like a you know, very small fish in a huge pond and yep. you know, I can't find any smaller fish to feed on. Um, <laughs> and so I was like, I said to Flo, I was like, I don't, it's time. I, I don't know how happy you are, but yeah. I mean, you don't seem over the moon. Yeah. So you know, <laughs> I think, you know, I think we can maybe do something a lot more interesting with our lives here. Yeah. Um, and, you know, fundamentally, we are not chefs, right? Mm. So it was never going to be how, how you know, we're ne- we were never going to create a 25 cover restaurant in Soho that just blew people's mind of the level of culinary expertise that me and Flo have. Mm. We're just never going to be able to do that. 
Um, so it was always kind of going to be concept focused for us. Um, and I, in my office job, had greatly experienced having a lack of healthy food options near me up in Angel. Um, you know, there was a respectfully lovely-ish li- li- Lithuanian salad bar kind of tucked around the corner and then Pret, mm. right? And, you know, I mean, Pret salads, I mean, I think they're great from 12 to 12.30, but when you're back again having a ham and cheese. Mm. Um, and so straight away, that was something I said for I was like, I think London can do better than this. Mm. Um, and I think we can really vastly improve the offering that currently is available. Mm. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of putting two and two together because once once James raised that flag, you know, like, we always we always laughed at when we always laughed. At, is ever is anyone ever going to ask us one day who, whose idea it was? And and I think this is probably the first time we put it on record. It was James's idea. Okay. Um, but yeah, when James was like, "Look, there's there are no good salad bars in London." Mm. My immediate reaction was like, "Really? Come on, dude. <laughs> it's London. Yeah. You know." Come on, salad bars. It's not exactly. Yeah. You know, you're not talking to me about the next, you know, food revolution here. Yeah. And but he was like, trust me, have a look. There are mm. no good salad bars in London. Um, and and so I kind of started having a look. And obviously, as I mentioned, you know, I, I'm from I'm from France, so I, I I know what the scene is in Paris. You know, I've also travelled the world, and you know, uh, and you know, travelled in Europe and travelled in the States, and, and seen that. Pretty much every established city has at least one, two, three, if not more, mm. established salad chains mm. that do well and you know mm. serve a purpose. And then, and then, so kind of like realization: a, I'm bored in my job, mm. and it's not ticking all the boxes. B, I'm not really, I'm not really getting the impression that I'm putting into practice everything that I've learned at university, and I'm not really giving it, giving it a real shot. C, I've got my good pal James here who feels the same, and you know we've always joked about doing something together. Yeah. There are no and and we've we've got an idea that we feel could really could really work and and so it was incredibly easy to quit my job and wow, to okay. and to kind of start this. Yeah. So straight away, so you have the idea. Both of you decide to quit, or was there a period of development or testing? Or we we had a we had a slight period where we met both after work okay. um, and did a lot of in hindsight stupid exercises. <laughs> okay. uh, you know, kind of. Such as. I mean, it was. I guess. How do you justify what it was for? I guess it was fundamentally to our families that okay. we're not insane. Okay. Um, Which is pretty normal. Pretty I think, normal, yeah. right? But it, so it was. You know, it was from variations from me saying, "Well, I'd like to work with Flo to yeah. <laughs> here's the cost. <laughs> here's the cost of uh, you know all the best salad places in London. You know, this is very views and they're bad and you know all of yeah. that stuff. Um, so we did that for like two months, kind of. After it's all that. useful stuff, right? Because mm. it's all it's all a journey. Yeah. It's kind of like you. Th- sure, looking back now on the, this value we matrix that we, daily, no, we're like, well, we're still here. So. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Yeah, yeah, that value matrix that we created, like comparing ourselves to the the few little healthy places around here. You know, sure, sure. You you know, you're not like, oh, thank God. Okay, yeah, checking yeah. it on a daily basis, but it gets you somewhere. We had yeah. this really funny exercise, which is kind of it's slightly sweet, also a little bit cringe, where we we. <laughs> We decided, me and him in a room were like, right, well, why don't you write a paragraph about why you want to work with me and you think it'd be a good idea? Okay. And I'll do the same. And yeah. like, we, we brought it up again on our Instagram the other day because it's obviously very Insta friendly. Awkwardly third person. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. People love this kind of like slightly yeah. 
cheesy stuff and yeah. my god it's so cringy but yeah. wow. anyways our, our, our parents have been like so it's like, like why you love each other pretty much. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I love you more. Like, yeah, it was literally that. Was and like, they were like, like, guys, we want to know why, you know, what business you want to open and how it's going to work. <laughs> okay. Well, sounds good. Sounds good. And you did some market research as well. Yeah, and no, course, there, so yeah, yeah. Some important stuff, valuable stuff. Yeah, Makes sense. Ate, I think we ate every salad we wanted to try in London. Yeah. Okay. A period of two, three months. No, definitely. Or probably longer and we still do it. Um, okay. Sounds good. So then how did you put flesh to the bones? How did you start developing that concept and coming up with the name and the offering and so on? Um, well, I guess what, the first thing we did was kind of, kind of, I guess, branding wise. But when I say did it, I mean, we completely got it wrong the first time. Yeah, we had, a t- we had an awful name that yeah. we changed. To and the, yeah, yeah. it was a moment where like, I think for me, it was we had, we had a friend visit she was like, are you guys really doing this? Like, what, what exactly are you doing? And we're like, oh, yeah, it's going to be like a salad bar. She was like, what's the name? And like, me and Flo both like, looked at each other and like, you say it. Because <laughs> 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 it's obviously not exactly what you want to be kind of, your yeah. time you want to do before you put that on the high street. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, okay, can I ask what that name was? Yeah, yeah. so obviously we're called The Salad Project now. Yeah. And we were called Project S. Okay. And gets I mean, worse. gets worse. <laughs> okay. So, obviously, seasonality, sustainability, and sourcing is paramount to the salad project, okay. right? Yeah. We, we're very, we, we make sure that our ingredients, you know, we have a menu that changes every three months, is in season. We, you know, make sure that we source in the right way, you know, locally English products, in season products, etc. And of course, sustainability is you know, key to our business and, and, and it's kind of everywhere and everything that we do. But we kind of, you know, these are, these are given these days. I mean, mm. of course you're going to be sustainable and seasonal when you're opening a salad bar. Mm. You know, that's not sure. a point of differentiation. Mm. We, I mean, we live in an era where, you know, we don't want to do greenwashing as they call it. It's, mm. it's, everyone's doing that. You should be doing that. If you're not doing it, sure. what the hell are you doing? It's not something to shout about, really. It's not something to shout about. Yeah. It's not really even something to be that, that proud about, exactly. right? Yeah. So, but it took us a while to realize that. So mm. when we were called Project S, we wanted to be Project S for sustainability, sourcing, seasonality. Okay. And that was going to be like, you know, we were going to, a whole brand was going to be built around those three okay. things. <laughs> and then eventually we sat down one day and it was, A, we couldn't, we literally couldn't tell our mates what the name was because we were too cringed out. So okay. like, that's a bad start. Yeah. Uh, B, we kind of like, and it, what, was this, what was the second thing? Yeah, and then we, we kind of sat down and we were, like, we were like, okay, why do you think, what is it that we're going to create that's going to make our customers want to come back Monday to Friday every day, mm, mm. you know? And then we were like, do we think it's because we do seasonal menu? Is that really what's going to bring them back every day? You know, mm. going to be like, are they going to be like, oh, it's 12.15? Oh, seasonality. Yes. Yeah. We were like, no. What's going to make them bring, come back is, a delicious salad, right? Oh, yeah. And and so we kind of like, that's when we had this kind of big moment this afternoon where we felt back then that the sky was falling down on us because we already had Quite kind of a logo and like we had a website and like yeah. frankly, we were so early in the stages, it did not matter yeah, at all. Yeah. But back then it felt huge. Exactly, yeah. And we were like, right, see ya, Project Earth, we dumped it and then took us a few days and then... No, honestly, okay. it, was that, it was that afternoon. I remember we were walking out of his house and like, I was about to catch a train and yeah. uh, I was like, why not? You know, S is so, we're so elusive and like, frankly, 
pathetic. Mm. And so I was like, why not project salad? And like, I was like, is that better? And then Emma was like, what about salad project? And we're like, yeah, that sounds yeah. way better. <laughs> but project S is almost like mysterious. Yeah. You're almost not telling the market what you're doing in a sense. Yeah. Exactly. Like, come and find out yourself. I mean, it sounds like something really douchey anyway. So. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And like, I mean, I, th I think that the fact that the, we have the word, the word salad in our name has been so useful, Absolutely. especially on like delivery and things like that. Yeah. Um, and, exactly. you know. Yeah. I think people, I think it's quite clear, people think in categories in terms of food. So yeah. you decide what to eat. It's it's a burger, pizza, salad, yeah. whatever it is. Yeah, so having that in your name, pizza, you're, pizza, you're pizza, there. Pizza, yeah, yeah, completely. Exactly. Yeah, hundred percent. You know, and I think Project S sounded a little bit like a, like a, some kind of software. Yeah, maybe so. <laughs> maybe so. Yeah. Um, so what does Project mean in, in that name? So is that the sustainability bit coming into it, or, I, I or is it something I, bigger than I that? I guess it's. I, I don't really know how. I guess it came from the project of, you know. I guess me and Flo mainly, okay. and you know, our journey on that. Yep. Uh, but I think also, you know, project is, you know, how do you bring people together to improve something? Um, okay. You know, that, for us, that's kind of what it gets at. And is that internally focused or is it consumers as well or community or? Um, or all of the above. I guess, I guess it's, a, it's a bit of everything. Yeah. Know? As James says, it, it, when you hit, when you think of a project, you think of a, a goal, right? A start, an end, a goal, etc. Sure. Right. And I, and I think that. I think I'd be, I think I'd be lying to you if we to say if we've nailed it down exactly. But yeah, yeah I mean, fundamentally, it's 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 about you know trying to in everything that we do, trying to bring. It just expect better, right? You know, trying trying to look after. I mean, we we've been in hospitality long enough to know what it's like to be a member of staff that's not being looked after well. To have a, a chef who's who's loud and obnoxious and unfair and screams on employees. To have um, you know bosses who are absent. So mm. yes, there's an enormous focus on human resources <coughs> and making sure that we you know because the, the 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 job can be tough. Like it's hard. Like mm. you know they, they they work long hours. They, you know our, our KPs they're cleaning dishes. You know throughout the day and like cleaning the kitchen and it's tough and mm. so if you're not putting the right environment then then you know putting the environment really helps mm. so on that front then you know people are paying £9.95 for our, for our salads at the moment mm. you know you've got to, you've got to earn that money mm. we think it's 100% justifiable because mm. of our products and because of the quality and the quantity mm. but you've got to earn that money right so you've got to make sure that you create an experience that's mm. you know above par um, then, you know, what else would you I, say? I think from the customer perspective, when you walk past and you see it, I think, in my opinion at least, when you see the word project attached to, you know, an item, you, I think you do think, okay, that might be different than what I'm used to, yeah. right? Whereas if you just call yourself like, you know, spittlefield salads, right? People are like, eh, another salad. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I think it's a desire, it's a desire to, to make sure that in everything that we do, that we're always, um, kind of moving forward yeah and you know we, we really want to stay on top of of every trend that there is that we're not we're not just kind of resting on our laurels that we're always trying to reinvent ourselves we always wanted to be very innovative in everything that we did yeah and and and, and creative and and you know promote change absolutely and so i think the word project fitted in quite well with that it makes complete sense i think it's a really positive word and obviously the brand is still very early days but it'll give you a lot of opportunity in the future yeah. to yeah. create change or movement or whatever uh -huh. you want to use the word for. So I think it's a really good addition. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so in terms of menu, I know you had a chef or you have a chef now at least. Yes. Was that from the very beginning or how did you go about developing so that menu? It was again, a bit of a journey. Um, we ended up fundamentally working a long time with a girl called Clementine Axby, yep. who 
were amazing to work with. Mm. Um, she, you know, ticked so many boxes. She was a personal trainer. She graduated from Bally Malou in Ireland, and she was also a nutritionist. nutritionist. Um, so, and you know, she's just a great person to work with, and you know, full full of energy, and really yeah. kind of got what we were trying to do. Um, so she came up with our core menu. Um, obviously, I guess that menu development period, instead of being a month, was a year due to COVID. So like, okay. you know, we'd have a tasting, and like, frankly, it was just hard for us to all meet or you know get into a place where we could actually try stuff. So it was quite an elongated process where you know, in January we try sweet potato, and then <laughs> April we try sweet potato with tahini. Um, but eventually, you know, through her hard work more than anyone okay. uh, we got a couple of tastings out and kind of ended up on a menu okay. we started with and then when we actually moved to on site Clem stepped back um, and you know we have a kitchen manager on site and we have a great other chef uh, okay. called Kevin who you know developed the menu continuously since then okay and how did you develop those dishes like were they benchmarked against kind of existing operators or were you doing market research or was it just based on taste and kind of combinations uh, of components i'd say it's a combination of, of all of that i think okay. i think incredibly and it's probably testament to our joint experiences and also our friendship it's with james james and i have always wanted exactly the same thing for the salad project without necessarily discussing it like we've always seen exactly you know from a food perspective, this is what we think it should be. From a design perspective, this is what we think it should be. So it really wasn't very hard. It wasn't like, oh, I think it should be, you know, a salad of the world. And then James was like, no, only British. Like we, we and I, I think we tried every salad in London. We tried lots of salads all over the world. And, and I think we, we, we got to a, a, one thing that we really thought is that we wanted a menu that had hot ingredients and hot components okay. and, and that was just because we thought that it would allow us to be more attractive throughout the whole year yeah. um, especially in the UK where you know some of the colder months are, are you know are pretty harsh um, and we also and it allowed us to um, use some of the UK grown produce yeah. and we also also allowed us to just elevate the whole experience you know if you've got a salad with that has warm rice and warm chicken and warm salmon it's more of a meal it, mm. it's it's easier to justify charging nine pounds than if you've got a, a very summery salad that only has cucumber and tomato sure right sure. Um, I think fundamentally with a kind of credit of you know the dishes together it's, it's got to be Clem yeah I mean, obviously they've been tweaked with her and mm. post her um, but you know she presented at one point 10 salads and our instructions were that we want to have a Caesar um, and you know mm. we don't want avocado and we want a few other kind of things but she okay. went out and came up with all the dressings and everything like that. Okay. So, so what was driving those decisions to say we don't want avocado which most of the world well, is doing avocado, <laughs> and, and Caesar? Avocado was an environmental decision okay. where we didn't want to have that. Yeah. Um, so that was that reason. Um, Caesar was because I think me and Flo wanted to have what we wanted for lunch ourselves. Um, <laughs> Makes sense. Yeah. Uh, and then you know, there's a few other things where it's like, you know, we're big fans of, you know, Flo is a big fan of salmon, so he wanted to make sure that was on the menu. Yeah. Um, I'm a big fan of chicken fry compared to chicken breast, and so I wanted to ensure that we had that. Yeah. Um, you know, I like spice, so I kind of made sure that that was in the menu, Flo made sure it wasn't and too much pressure. So, okay. um, so yeah, it's so kind of per personal preference of like, what would we want to eat? Yeah, okay. really. massively. And then Clem kind of covered the 
yeah. what other people might want. Okay. And, and with, of course, a structure in place, you know, we, we, the salad project needs to appeal to everyone. Mm. And, and that was always clear from the start. So, you know, whether you're a calorie counter or a, a protein loader, vegetarian, vegan, pescatarian, flexitarian, whatever it is, the type of guy who enjoys, who, who only eats burgers, you need to be able to come to the salad project sure. and create a salad that will fit your needs and wants and requirements, right? Sure. And, and, and Clem's done an amazing, amazing job at that. And, sure. and I think that the, the structure of our build your own allows the flexibility. For that. I mean, it's yeah. insane. You, you'll, you'll get two custom, three customers in a row. You'll get one who will put like, Extra chicken, extra salmon, extra every possible protein on the menu. Yeah. Spends nineteen quid on a salad, mm. and then the next one will spend six ninety five, and we'll just have you know, a, a salad. It tastes Massive. like you're licking the ground if you ask me. Yeah, but. yeah. <laughs> a few times no yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah. Sure. Um, sure. And I, and I, we, you know, it was it was clear to Clem that that was the structure um, okay. that we needed in place. We we're making as many people as possible happy, essentially. Absolutely. Yeah. Makes yeah, sense. We had a we had three kind of pillars of customers we wanted to target. So yeah. it was project, uh, no, Captain. Careful there. <laughs> captain Health, Captain okay. Feel Good, and Captain Planet. Yeah. Right, so Excellent. Between I like those it. three things, yeah. Captain Feel Good, what do me and him want to eat, pretty yeah. much. Captain Health, what does Clem want to eat? And Captain Planet, what would all three of us be happy? Very for? good. So there are your three consumers, essentially. Yeah. Very yeah. Good. Do you still have those today? Or? Yeah, occasionally, yeah. we'll be okay. like, you know, I'll look at Flo and be like, that's a Captain Phil. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Yeah. Yeah. Very good. And you mentioned sourcing and sustainability, obviously. Yeah. So how did you go about sourcing your ingredients, I guess? Um, so it was a, a complete learning process and, and kind of still learning today. Um, you know, first first step must have been where to find tomatoes in England on Google, okay. right? And and you start with that, and then that kind of takes you on a takes you on a journey. Yeah. Um, Clem did a lot of the work, and she you know she identified a lot of the. She gave us a good understanding of how it worked. Mm. You know, you can you know these are the different options basically, um, and then again with a certain rule, certain amount of constraints in terms of how much is our menu has has to be uk how much can be non-uk how much has to be seasonal okay this is how much it's got to cost etc we managed to get to an understanding of how what the supplying strategy would be mm. but it, honestly i'm st i'm still learning about it today completely and, it, sure. and and i still get contacted i still find a, a better way of sourcing this ingredient and i still you know and it's great and i, I think there's there really is at the moment in the kind of f in the in the food sourcing world in the supply chain there really is massive disruption and there are you know young tech companies um who are coming in and who are trying to make the whole system less opaque is that how you pronounce it mm. yeah, yeah. <laughs> um and, and that's great and we I, we expect to see so much development in that front over okay. the next few years right it's not i don't i don't think the suppliers that we have now sure I expect things to change massively. Okay. God, okay. I shouldn't say that. They're going to be like, oh, God, the sound project is leaving us. But yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's great. You're focusing on that. It's a key area for you. Obviously. Massive. Yeah. I mean, and sustainability it, as well, obviously. It's, it's yeah. huge for two reasons. I mean, it's huge because it's your product and yeah. it's got to taste good and it's got to be right by us, by our customers and the planet. But also yeah. it's, it's your food cost, right? So, sure. I mean, we open a business. The idea is, is to grow. And, and so we've got to financially, it's got, it's got to work, right? And sure. so the biggest variable that you can impact on a on a daily basis is your food costs and that has the greatest 
impact. Impacts, yeah, exactly. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, cool. So let's switch to the site then. So now you're based in Spitalfields. How did that come about? What was that process like in terms of finding the site and securing it during COVID <laughs> as well? Um, I mean, I think we it took a lot longer than we, we thought it would, mm. uh, which I guess is understandable. Um, but yeah, we you know we put cast a net wide and far. Um, I mean, if I'm being honest, Spitalfields was always a location that I would have loved, but never thought, never deemed possible. Okay. And you know, apart from maybe being tucked away in a small off-pit site, mm. you know, 800 square foot kind of vibe. Yeah. Um, so we looked at loads of different places, from Victoria to you know central London to the city to eventually Spitalfields. Yeah. Um, and you know, it was one of those things where. Um, we were looking at a site nearby, cycled by, and you know, I remember saying to Flo and as I took a video of it from outside, I was like, this is designed to be a salad bar. It literally is like our shape, exactly, all yeah. glass. Um, Do you remember what day that was? That was like yeah. the 15th of March, which is one day before kind of lockdown. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, so we, yeah, so we just got, you know, we just got, got in, I guess, before, the whole of lockdown stuff so okay you know we'd seen the site before lockdown yep. um yeah i mean it, it's it's an amazing store for us i think in terms of there's obviously a few downsides right we're a bit set back from the road mm. behind, behind some pillars mm. um and you know you got you do have the market is a is a great asset but it's also a bit of a curse in terms this is of old spitalfields market yeah yeah as in you know you can go in those doors and be pretty much culinary transported anywhere in the world. Yeah. Um, so you, you know, as a salad bar, you've got to kind of appeal against that. Sure. Um, but we're very happy with the location. Okay. No, That's sure. quite a big site, 1800 square foot. It's yeah. quite big for well, a, a quick service concept. Is that something you wanted or it's just yeah. came about? Absolutely. I, yeah. I think to be honest, we probably could have we could have managed the ratio back of house to front of house a little bit better in the current site. Fine. But you, only, yeah. you learn you learn first site you learn, yeah. and our kitchen's pretty tight, and our storage ability is very tight. Okay. Um, but yes, I mean, I think f for multiple reasons, uh, James and I have relatively high ambitions with this other project, and and therefore we wanted to, our first sites to be a true representation of what we want the salad project to be in the future, mm. right? Often we would we would get asked like why don't you guys start with a little market stall and and you know test a product and grow mm. from there which is a you know a, a very legitimate question and like mm. loads of entrepreneurs in the food industry start like that and it makes complete sense mm. but with us our strategy has always been like frankly the site is such a huge part of the overall product that we're trying to create like mm. that we feel that our product in a little market stall mm. it's a different experience. It just yeah. wouldn't be a representation of what we want it to be. So yeah. it was kind of, we were always kind of like, we've got to go big or go home here. Mm. Um, and I mean, we still don't know whether we're going home or we're going big, but we, it, it, at least we, we wanted to give it a real shot. We wanted the first door to look like what the 10th might look like. Yeah. And so we can demonstrate to ourselves, to our customers, to any stakeholders that this is what we want to do. This is our concept. We think it's got legs. This is what it'll be like. Are you interested? Yeah, yeah, basically. I mean, you know, we always say that like when if you came to the salad project, you would have hopefully a, a hundred percent positive experience. One third of that would be the food, one third would be the service, and one third would be the store. Yeah. Um, because I think mean, you know salads in this country do have a relatively bad reputation, mm. and you know so you, it does definitely help when people come into our store and they have 
arguably in our opinion a pretty nice aesthetic place and you know mm. kind of lots of space and you know it's you know okay well these salads must be decent if you know if they can afford this space yeah <laughs> um, and yeah I mean I think there's so many there's so many kind of great places around the city I know we're kind of on the fringe of it but which are kind of holes in the wall where it's like you know okay well I can't be bothered to wait and queue even though yeah. the food's great because like it's raining outside and you can only get four people in there at a time sure and so we were like well you know if we do get queues which we hope to and which we have yeah when me and Flo are sweating bullets on the line and I look up and there's a queue of you know 50 people yeah they're all in the store they're all you know dry dry yeah and getting the experience happily, in store as well happily chatting yeah. looking at the menu or on their phone but mm. peaceful and you know you've got the tables are full and like Yes, I'm, mm. I'm really happy instead of having kind of grumpy people outside mm. in the rain, like yeah. standing like, hurry mm. up, boys. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it gives a sense of quality as well. I mean, it, mm. it, it, without spelling it out, the, when a customer comes into a big, large, open store where you can see that someone's at least put the effort to put a good design, it, mm. it you, you know, unconsciously you're already thinking about quality. You don't. I mean, very often it's, it's a. I don't dare compare ourselves to the, to the brand I'm about to mention, but it's it's good to illustrate the point I'm trying to make. Is very often we'd have people who'd come in and say, "Really, like 1,800 square feet? I mean, what are you going to do all this space? This is, you know, mm. why don't you put more tables, etc." And we're like, "No, I mean, you don't you don't walk into the Apple store and yeah. say, I mean, why don't you put 15,000 more iPhones? You've yeah. got the space, yeah, yeah, yeah. right?" And it, again, please, I'm not trying to compare yeah, ourselves yeah. to Apple, but Sorry. but that's that that was definitely the idea. Is is it's just part of the experience having yeah. a, having a, a design designing the store the way we did. Yeah, I think it's a, conf, a very confident way of doing it, and almost provides a, a sense of stature maybe to the brand and to the concept. They're almost established, and you are confident that yeah. you will fill the space almost. Absolutely. But, I mean, James and I always used to say like we we want to look like. And, it, and to an extent, it's worked because we get asked that question a lot. But we want to look like we are a high street chain mm. from the start. Sure. And a lot of people come in and say, uh, is this the only one or, you know, yeah. loads and loads of people. And then, like very often we would joke to each other and say, like, we the one thing we don't want to look like is it's just because that's not who we want to be as a brand, right? Yeah. It's just we don't want to, we, we want to stay away from the kind of East London, slightly hipster, um, kind of like cute cafe vibe, yep. which is great as well. And James and I hang out every, every time we've got a meeting and we love those places, but yep. that's not who we want it to be. Yeah, right? sure. Okay, makes sense. So you found a site a day before lockdown. Did you go ahead and sign the lease straight away or yeah, were you hanging we, on? or? We, if you say March, then we ended up actually signing the lease December 23rd, so okay. it took a long time. And that was holding um, out and seeing what was going to happen? No, it, it, was, no okay. it was a combination, I think, by end of summer we were like, this is the one we want, we yeah. agreed the figures, and then you know, it was just back yeah, and forth. We were incredibly lucky because we were pushing hard, being like, I don't get it. Why is it taking so long? You know, we've agreed on the terms. Yeah. We have a lawyer. You have a lawyer. Get a contract together. Let's sign it. Let's move on. I don't get why it's taking longer than that. Yeah. And in hindsight, thank God, yeah, because we, we were really we're, pushing for like December fifteenth yeah. opening. Yeah. And it should have been. Yeah. You know, and then, exactly, yeah. and then in yeah. the end, you know, exactly. We, I mean, had we opened in January two thousand and twenty-one, we probably would have never survived. Yeah. You know, we wouldn't okay. be here right now. So, yeah. we were 
Honestly, I, I maintain James and I have been extremely lucky throughout this. Okay. this, okay. this well, I'll take that as well. You need a bit of that. <laughs> yeah. um, so you launched in May, is that right? 20, Just in time for 20th, spring. 28th of May. Okay. And how was yeah. the launch then? You always get that date wrong, you know? It's 29th. Someday it's 26th, someday it's 27th. <laughs> One day, very important. <laughs> uh, so how was, how was the launch? Did you have like a big but grand I, opening? I, I or? remember it. So. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, it was horrible. Was it? Okay. <laughs> It's horrible because, um, put it in context, it's been two years and a half, you're, you're, you, you've been dreaming about this big opening. Yeah. Of course we weren't na naive enough to think that we were gonna get keys out of the door day one, but like, yeah. still, you, you expect a few customers and like. Yeah. We opened on a Saturday. Yeah. And so, because we wanted to do Saturday, Sunday, therefore, the office workers who we knew, would, you know, we wouldn't be completely, yeah. completely green for, on, like, if we were on Monday. Monday. yeah. Um, we had lots of friends and family. Yeah, yeah. Thank God. Thank uh, God, yeah. Down. I mean, I don't know. I remember very well. We opened at 11, and James and I, now we're a bit, you know, we're a bit more relaxed, but like <laughs> back then we were like full uniform, right? So we'd have standard project t shirt, standard project cap, <laughs> yeah. the, full the full apron, like the full gear, yeah. ready for a big moment. And like, <laughs> ready to get smashed. Yeah, ele 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 exactly. 11, yeah. 11, the doors open. <laughs> you can like, you can hear crickets in the store. Yeah. Like, we, didn't want to, we didn't want to do any kind of promotions or anything because we just didn't want. We, did, to we want, yeah, we didn't want to. We wanted to test the team. Sure. sure. And so eventually, you got James and I like in our full gear. I mean, there's probably a picture of that day. Yeah. Just kind of standing outside our door, the tumbleweeds, <laughs> <and we're> <laughs> <laughs> waiting for people to come in. We looked like, and then we and then we joked. I remember saying like, "There's nothing worse." And when yeah. you walk past a restaurant and you can see the staff of the owners who are standing outside trying to, you know, kind of like looking in the street, that, that, that signals, yeah. this, is, this is a shit restaurant, do not go in. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so obviously, we, cause, you know, uh, belts and braces, we, we were staffed up the gazoo. Yeah, yeah. We saw, so, you know, look back in and, you know, got 15 people stacking lids. <laughs> we, we joke yeah. with those, ones, those staff who are still here, being like, yeah, first week you must have been like, this job's gonna be walking the park. Yeah, yeah. After we've had a busy shift, they're like, yeah, didn't expect it to be this busy. Yeah, yeah. reminds me, I don't know if you've seen the movie The Founder. It's a McDonald's story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah, yeah, I yeah. remember it was the first, or maybe the second site they launched. It was very similar. Yeah. They were standing there just waiting. And yeah. eventually one car came, two cars came, yeah. and it just started flowing from yeah. that point. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, if we have half the success <laughs> of McDonald's. Well, yeah, <laughs> there you go. There you go. A, a million. <laughs> um, well, good. You, you yeah. kept going and trade picked no, up, obviously. Sure. Yeah. So, what about challenges in those early days? And we spoke about the kitchen earlier on. Like, tell us about some of those things and how you've overcome them, well, how you are I overcoming them. Before kitchen, I guess other challenges I'd say we faced were just like um, rectifying mistakes we made in the fit out. Mm. And I think, again, thank our lucky stars, our store now looks a lot better than it did when we opened. Because, okay. you know, we were lucky about, okay, well, obviously we massively miscalculated how many fridges we need. Mm. Um, but we're like, well, wait, maybe if you move that fridge under there, you can fit another huge one there. And like, we've done that and yep. it looks fine. Okay. I mean, I think it's relatively hard to have a store that you think is complete to then add another four fridges. Yeah. Um, we couldn't find any more fridges when we were designing the store. So we've was... added four. Okay. Um, yeah. And they look great. We're look... <laughs> so lucky. Yeah. Um, so we did a lot of like rectifying that from the beginning and, you know, okay, adding storage and all, all those little kind of nitty gritty bits. Yeah. And then big challenge would have been when, you know, we kind of got, um, I guess, not court ordered, but lawyer ordered uh, that we're in breach of our lease for, uh, you know, 
producing too much odour for the neighbouring office, um, which meant, you know, some very sad days where we shut because, mm. you know, we didn't want to continue to breach our lease. So mm. we shut for a week where we were kind of, you know, it was, it was Cobra meeting-esque. Yeah. We were trying to figure out what the next steps are. And How long were you trading at this point? Yeah, it was heartbreaking because, yeah. you know, two, we, we'd two waited months. two and a half years to finally open our doors and yeah. we would we'd been trading for like a month and a a month and a week wow now we were just picking up a bit of traction this is july people aren't quite yet on holiday the office is returning the sunny weather we everyone's just, a salad like our shifts of like not 15 hours a day but 11. yeah exactly and yeah. then boom like literally the sky falls on us wow. and wow. we shut for 10 12 days overall okay and it was horrible like you'd have james and i sat in the store on our laptops speaking to a lawyer trying to understand how to get out of this yeah. And then we'd, you'd have people knocking on the door, being like, "You open!" And right. we're like, oh. even for the staff, I guess as well. It's very uncertain. Horrible for, for staff. Yeah. I mean, yeah. nightmare. Yeah. yeah. No, it was, um, it was a pretty bleak time. Okay. Um, and then, how did you deal with that and kind of get through it? So and you're still still getting through it. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. The uh, amazing people at Ashurst, if you ever need a law firm, yeah. okay. um, who are a big kind of neighbouring tenant. Okay. Um, they have been so so great to us in terms of they've extended the use of their kitchen facilities okay. to us as a team yep. um, for what was originally meant to be a period of four to five weeks it's now been and will be up to six months almost six months wow. <laughs> um, and so you know they've been great but our, also our chefs have gone above and beyond to you know frankly something we never signed up for was yeah, doing a hell of a lot of exercise transporting food between two commercial kitchens mm. um, but they've done it exceptionally well um, I don't think our customers realise anything is wrong which yeah. is a testament they have, to no, they have no idea what's going on you'd expect frankly if you if you explain to any kind of restaurant the operational changes we've done yeah. they'd be like okay well that's brave quality should go here but I mean They've done incredibly well to keep it up. Yeah. Um, and we are awaiting the kind of solution which will be forthcoming at some point in the end of the six months where we will be able to reopen again on weekends and okay. get out the nice. other side. And yeah. use our kitchen. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and use our kitchen. Amazing, amazing. Sounds mm. good. Yeah, it's a pretty big challenge. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, so in terms of your guys, in terms of your, your roles yourselves, so you mentioned you're very hands on in the kitchen, or at least you were at the very beginning. Yeah. Did you consciously not okay? Well, I mean, everywhere, I guess, but not okay. specifically the kitchen, yeah. Okay. And do you divide your roles like quite in a, like a structured way or is it more transient or? Not at all. Okay. Fine. It, and it's, maybe it's a mistake. I don't know. Um, but I, you know, you, you hear lots of kind of two founders that, and it's logical, would yeah. say, right, so you do, you do marketing, finance, pay char, I'll do bam, bam, bam. Yeah. Right. And I don't know with James, it's never it's never worked like that, and I, I it's just not it's not really how we work, and so we actually both do. I mean, we kind of both do everything, to be honest. Yeah. Um, and sh but uh, just, I mean, to caveat that, I think it's incredibly organic who gets what. Okay. Whenever, whenever we, yeah. whenever we do, you know, stupid exercise where we have a line on our floor in our store, and we turned around, and we got one of our team members to list fifteen tasks we had to do, and looking at the opposite direction we both choose who goes who takes what <laughs> okay right? and we've got every single 15 of them yeah, yeah. accurately 
you know, so we the do. The staff chose what you were going to do. No, yeah. it was in, I was like, you know, maybe like, you know, set up new accounting software. And, you know, if I thought it was flow, I'd go on my left and he'd go on his oh, right. Oh, okay. And we got it yeah, yeah. every time. Yeah, okay. Um, so we do divide it, but yeah. just very. Organically. Organically. Yeah. Yes. And, and, but there's, there's very much a case of, and we work well in a team and I, I honestly I have so much respect for anyone who starts a business alone mm. I, I having 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 seen what it's like I, I just can't imagine how you do it sure. and, I, and I think that the greatest value about having a, a partner is making sure that you're you're not going insane as in trying to explain myself it's very easy when you're working on something to um, get you know have an idea and really kind of like like, yeah i'm gonna do this and like Mm. get really into that idea and you need the temperature check like you need someone to go mate what the hell are you talking about this is is crap you know like and 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 that that we you know although we divide some of the work to an extent we both look at everything because there's always a bit of like no no mate you're going off on one here we don't need that we need this etc and and yeah that works that works very nicely makes sense makes sense and i guess again because you're relatively aligned both of you you're kind of generally going the same direction 100 percent. yeah yeah, i mean most of its temperature checks i think are very much more of a kind of yeah so i would have done yeah but yeah okay yeah, we're very fortunate. We we've always been very eye to eye on everything. I don't think there's anything that we really fundamentally have ever disagreed on, on in terms of like business, on you know, on okay. what direction we should take. And okay. that's, we're very very lucky in that respect. Okay. And in terms of building the brand and kind of developing marketing and exposure and so on, so obviously well, doing things like this together makes sense. Yeah. Because uh, you're both kind of fundamentally part of the brand essentially. But uh, and I know you have an external agency working with you as well. Or is that something both of you are working on, or is it could you kind of take turns, or how does that work? I think it's it's probably it's probably the area which we're keenest to expand on doing. Okay. Um, you know, look, me and Flo, I mean, there's two two factors of it. One, we love being involved operationally at lunch yeah. um, when it's busy, and two, we kind of don't dare take ourselves out of it. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, it's yeah you you. In every kind of team, there's people you want to keep playing, give yeah. them a 90 minutes. Yeah. Um, and so it really is from like 11, we're there all the day operationally, but from 11 till kind of 2.30, 3 o'clock, we're very operational. Okay. Um, so then in terms of time to kind of sit down and do all the you know marketing stuff you have planned, it's very much a joint effort and it probably always will be, but it's divided okay. in terms of, you know, you do this task, you do that collectively we'll do this um, okay. but it's something we really, really want to try and dedicate more time to okay. kind of marketing but business development as a whole I guess mm. okay makes sense and how are you and how do you think you will continue to stand out in the market I think in general kind of food service and in particular kind of digitally where it's so competitive and loud and noisy out there uh, you mentioned the food obviously standing out as different and quality the experience all the attention to detail in terms of the brand but is there like something you're kind of focused on to just kind of break into that and continue to kind of grow in that space? In, in terms of digitally, um, I mean, I think at some point you've kind of got to accept that, you know, proof is in the pudding that it is going pretty well. Yep. Um, you know, our, our ratings on, you know, deliver 4.8, 4.9. Okay. Um, and, you know, we do a hell of a lot of volume in, in the evening. And, you know, I think that comes from 
the food being good, but also, I mean, you know, spend a lot of time behind the scenes on those things, making sure our menu's super flexible on delivery. Yeah. And it's not easy to do that, right? It's super sure. easy to put Caesar salad, choose it if you want. But, yeah. you know, for a lot of kind of tweaking and everything, you know, you can swap chicken out for the tofu yeah. and it all works financially, you know, and so stuff like that, I think, really does make us a lot better than a lot of the other places online. Yeah. Um, our click and collect software is super, super well done. Um, you know, it has loyalty built in and everything like that. Yeah, um, yeah I mean, the real challenge, and, and, and to be credit to James, he's, he's worked a little a lot on that, um, is to is to make sure that our digital presence is has the same level of quality in its own way as our in-store experience, mm. right? Mm. Like there was a moment where we discussed having an app, mm. and honestly, like, and they were, you know, we, we were like, realistically, <coughs> if we want our own app, it's going to cost us you know, hundreds, tens of thousands of pounds. So that's impossible. Yeah. So we can we can use one of those plug-in apps and just make a saddle project branded, and and then we just kind of we thought about it. It was like realistically, the digital experience there is going to be pretty average mm. right and so we were like no okay we won't do it and we went down another route and so i think to answer your question mm. it, it's yeah i wish i had the perfect answer to tell you because then i know exactly where we're going but i yeah. think in terms of digitally it's just about making sure that whatever you choose to do digitally it's consistent it's mm. consistent and yeah. is excellent and yeah. is a great customer experience okay. and if it's not don't do it okay but we're very we're very kind of aggressive on any kind of distribution yeah you know, there's not much we won't say no to yeah um but as long as you know as long as the product there is you know we won't say we won't say yes to a platform if it doesn't allow us to do certain things that the customer expects from us sure um but yeah i mean i think in terms of i don't think you see that many companies who really think holistically about is this customer the same as this customer yeah right the customer in store of a salad project gets a pretty good experience, gets their loyalty stamp on their phone. Yeah. You know, very well respected customer from our side. Yeah. But you know, that click and collect customer in a lot of stores is considered a bit of an afterthought, you know, oh, come on, a bit annoying. Mm. Um, you know, but we have for a fee obviously incorporated loyalty into that. Yeah. And so that customer really doesn't have a worse experience. Mm. It has a better one if anything. Mm. And you know, that's because the platform is very well done in my opinion mm. and the loyalty is there and it's always there on time and stuff sure. like that. And 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 the store was built with that in mind, you know, there's a there's a nice dedicated click and collect and delivery area which has mm. been strategically located so that it's convenient for the for the guys that are clicking collecting it's it doesn't disrupt people who are in store you, you know with the rise of delivery it's great but mm. it means that you've got astronaut looking dudes who come in your store yeah all day long with a massive helmet in black like this and you yeah. know they they really and you know they're not all, they've got one job pick up a pick up the food go be quick about it yeah. so they didn't really care if they upset anyone around them etc so yeah. it, you know we made sure that they didn't get in the way of people who are having their nice store experience and things like that yeah um, okay and again it's going back to the, the attention to detail right. that every single element consistency across all platforms all absolutely yeah, yeah. Makes sense. So how are you feeling, because it's still very early days now, yeah. one site not long opened, how are you feeling about kind of where the concept is now and the offering and so on? Is it still going through a lot of development or do you see big changes coming or are you pretty settled? We, uh, we feel good. Yeah. Um, we did a kind of a relatively big menu change uh, in for October, uh, okay. September even so, yep. um, where obviously a part of that was updating due to seasonality, but also, you know, it was our first time after opening where we looked at things and be like, 
frankly that's not selling very well or yeah. you know we don't need this on the menu or we'd like to have this lots of people ask for that um so that was kind of a big culinary change we went through yeah um and we'll continue to always update it every three months yeah. um and then in terms of the brand i mean it'd be nice to open again on weekends and see how that side of our business would go because mm-hmm. um, i think you know our location is busy on weekends yeah. like very busy mm. i mean it's hard to attract them because they're tourists and they're here mainly for the market and stuff mm. but it's very busy and i'd like to see how we've grown as a brand the impact that that has now yeah. compared to when we used to be open on weekends yeah. we get a lot of a lot of customers who are like are you guys open on weekends yet so mm-hmm. we feel relatively good about that mm. um but yeah i mean it's 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 time for me and flo to hopefully you know, Think about next steps. Put a bit of put a bit of auto pilot on. Yeah. Get some a new pilot in, and yeah. think next steps. Okay, very yeah. good. And growth plans or ambitions? Yeah. Yeah. What's uh, in the pipeline? Or what's the vision? I mean, I think the the vision is to. I'd say the vision is to become the kind of go to place for a healthy meal. In London, would love to say maybe in, in England, I don't know, but yeah. definitely in London because that's where, we, that's where we identify that there's a need and that's where we've got a big enough market to be able to, you know, to, to grow yeah. a lot of stores before. I mean, Pret have 450 stores in London, so mm. um, not that we want to get to that level, but I'm just saying that means you really, there's, there's a big market, right? Mm. Um, and then the kind, you know, what, what are the first steps on that, on that ambitious journey is, is to open a second one. Yeah. Uh, and we're working on that at the moment. Okay. Um, now we, it's about, it's about, it's about making sure that we can take a step back from what, from the day to day operations now. And you know, that, that the ship can sail by on, on its own. Yeah. That in itself is a, is a real challenge, way bigger challenge than I ever thought it'd be. And then it's about finding the right location. And we're quite yeah. particularly on that yeah. in terms yeah. of, you know, it'd be pretty easy to, um, I think kind of be like, okay, well, you know, you could argue that some of the space in our store now, you know, is a bit of a luxury and, you know, let's go for something way smaller and focus on delivery and, you know, do, you know, go to kind of some location where you focus on delivery and it's a small footprint, but, you know, it'd be very against what we want to do and, you know, you've got to stay true to what you want to be. So sure. holding off and, you know, making sure we find the right site. Um, which we confident we will at some point. Okay. There's, there's value in holding off because if yeah. we, it, you know, we held off, we, we came very close to signing on the site before the one that we've got now. Okay. Just because it, we'd been searching for a long time, it, it was a good location, it was a nice <coughs> store, etc. And like, ne- thank God, like now we look at what we were able to get in the end, we're like, it's a good thing, it's a good thing we were patient here. Sure. And so we, we'll make sure, although we do want to develop quickly and you know, and we think that sure. a lot of people want this out of projects, but un- until we find the right place, then we okay. can do it. Makes sense. Mm-hmm. I think you've done incredibly well, and considering the times we're in and what you've been through, if you're thinking you. of the next site now already, and we're still in COVID, <laughs> it's pretty phenomenal, I think. Thank you, thank you. it's very kind. So, final question, uh, you've obviously, you're kind of just coming out the other side of a startup, of a launch. Would you have any specific advice for somebody maybe sitting now with an idea post-COVID and they're looking at getting something going? What piece of advice now, kind of looking back over the last year or two, would you give to somebody? Uh, mine would be very much make sure you do it with someone. Um, yep. Someone, yeah, it was, there's been some incredibly sad moments in this journey where I'm so grateful to have him next to me. Yep. Uh, yeah, Shoulder to cry on. Genuinely, but yeah. like, I mean, you know, 
and yeah, he's my best friend in this world. Yeah. And so when we're when we're low, frankly, we don't stay that low for very long. Yeah. It becomes relatively humorous pretty quickly, even though it shouldn't be a bit of mm. morbid humor when we've been told that we're closed or whatever. Yeah. And when it's good, there's no one better to have than your friend by your side yeah. to ride that high with and enjoy all that stuff. So, sure. yeah, makes I mean, sense. If you've got something you want to do, I wouldn't feel shy at all about trying to bring someone on in any capacity who you want to work with. For sure, so, makes sense. That's for me. Um, you stayed in mind, so um, I would say, I think I'd say two things. I'd say, I mean, it's a bit generic, but generally, you know, don't give up. Mm. Like, like, yeah. just don't give up. Like, honestly, yeah. like, there, there's... That's the title it, of this episode, cli- I think. As cliche as it sounds, <laughs> as cliche as it sounds there, is, there is always light at the end of the tunnel. And so, yeah. like, you know, you're going to go through a few shit moments, but it does always get better and yeah. and i guess my second one would be and and i'm stealing it because i was listening to a podcast from the guys that founded the big mama restaurant group yes and they were asked that question and i and i only now realize how valuable that that advice was not that i followed it on purpose but it said take your time so once you've got a restaurant idea like take your time like okay. if it takes you two years to open it it takes you two years to open it because okay. frankly in the two years that was forced on us yeah due to the pandemic we never stopped working yeah um, you know there wasn't a day where we weren't working so in the end we had a way an extended period to prepare the same project and and I and I think that that's helped us a lot so yeah. if it's restaurant entrepreneurship then really take your time Okay, makes sense. One one other thing I would say is don't underestimate how much you will learn something in terms of like, there was many times where we would, in the naiveness of us opening this, where we'd be like, okay, well today let's talk about, um, you know, kitchen, you know, walk-in fridge specifications. And you look at it for the first two, three hours (laughs) and you're like, quit, it sucks, (laughs) I mean, I have no idea what we're doing. And then, you know, Three weeks later, you're like, oh, and then you've got the old VHVC system, and it's all just like you learn, <laughs> you so learn much. quickly. Like, like yeah. VAT, for example, I mean, you know, we spent years on years, you know, <laughs> seminars, me and him, being like, do you get it? No, do you? No. Yeah. And then now it's like, yeah, no, well, the thing is, what you've got to do is. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, we we'll just start of, like working through it. Like, yeah, yeah, you yeah. will. It clicks. If you dedicate enough time to something, you will yeah. eventually, eventually become a master of it. Yeah. Very good. Great advice. Great advice. Well, guys, like, genuinely incredibly well you've done I think it's like fair play to you it's phenomenal what you've done to this stage Thank I you. really love the concept the brand everything you're doing I think you're really set up for success so. thanks very much that's very kind thank you so much great stuff best of luck <laughs>